Hi, this is Alison Markstadt, and you're listening to the WealthCap Speaks podcast. Today, I'm joined by John Samuels, CEO and founder of Better Health Advisors. For more than 20 years, John served as a senior healthcare leader in top New York City hospitals, including Northwell Health and Mount Sinai Beth Israel. He sat at the helm of a system that touched nearly 700,000 lives per year. During his hospital tenure, John was responsible for the operations of 16 emergency departments and a vast network of urgent care centers. To provide better care for patients, he used an improved science approach to enhance systems and processes. John trained with FEMA in emergency preparedness at the Center for Domestic Preparedness in Alabama and headed up the emergency preparedness program at Mount Sinai Beth Israel during Hurricane Sandy and other disasters. In a complex, stressful, and high-stakes setting, John was able to create order out of chaos, and he saw the opportunity to do the same for individuals struggling to secure great health care. In 2016, he founded Better Health Advisors, an independent healthcare advisory firm, to share the expertise he developed as a healthcare insider with members of the public. Many people find the healthcare system frightening and overwhelming, and the Better Health Advisor team ensures they don't have to face it alone. John, thank you so much for being with us today. Could you just kind of give us an overview um, of your business and your background? Better Health Advisors is a health advisory firm that was started in 2016 based out of New York. And we work nationally with family offices, high net worth families, and other such individuals around the country. The work we do is to help people steer and organize their health care. I spent 20 years, mostly in New York, running complicated healthcare systems and emergency departments where I help the hospital provide better care to patients, improving systems and processes. And I took that experience and moved that to help individuals and families get better care and treatment. And that's the work that we do. So many of our clients have wealth advisors. We are the health advisors for them. And I love when you put it that way, because your experience, similar to you know, our business and a number of other experts and consultants that we speak to, is really identifying a gap and creating a business for better access, right? And overall, better, better care and better support. Could you just kind of take us through healthcare, the healthcare system and insurance? Yeah. So when I started Better Health Advisors, I didn't think that I would be helping individuals with health insurance. But healthcare at its core is about three things. It's about quality, it's about access, and it's about cost. And those are the three different buckets that healthcare delivery in our country fits into, quality, access, and cost. And health insurance is very much aligned with those three different buckets. So I can't get a patient really good care if they don't have the right health insurance. And that's why I've been working to make sure people have the right insurance so that we can get them the right care that they need. So individuals in our country can either get health care through companies, an employer-based plan, or through the government. And that would be Medicare, Obamacare, or COBRA, or something similar. 
But those are really the only two ways that individuals can get health insurance in our country. And it's really important that people have the right insurance so that they can get the right care and treatment. Well, I think there's no, no question, given the recent pandemic, that healthcare and health insurance and coverage overall was top of mind for many people. How do you think that the pandemic as a whole has transformed the health insurance industry? The pandemic heightened people's awareness of all aspects of care. It reminded them that they don't have a primary care doctor who's accessible or that supplies that we think will be readily accessible aren't always accessible. It reminded people that they don't have a good health plan, not insurance plan, but plan if something happens down the road. And it also reminded people and heightened their awareness of their insurance, realizing that once they have the right insurance, they can get access to better care. So insurance is certainly one of the domains that was highlighted and people became more aware of once the pandemic hit, kind of like mental health and access to doctors and so forth. Insurance was was at the forefront of getting people the right care and treatment. So I know as we discussed healthcare and, and insurance coverage, that affects everyone and resonates with everyone. But your firm and your practice really focuses on the high net worth, wealthy, and successful families. I know that there are a number of additional key areas where your firm sets itself apart from others with regards to guiding and advising these individuals and families. Could you provide a little bit of insight into that and the work that you all do? Yeah. And before I do that, I want to have a disclaimer. I am not an insurance broker. I don't get paid by insurance companies. I don't get paid by doctors or hospitals. We get paid from our clients and we are advisors and advocates and and so forth around care and treatment. So I, I have no incentive as to which insurance one of our clients chooses only to know that once they get the right insurance, that enables us to help get them the right care. With regard to, to family offices, we look at a few things. We look at, do they have the right insurance? Do they have the right insurance that fits them, not just what they think is the best? And the time to find that out is not while they're in the ER. The time to find that out is to do a annual thorough review of what their insurance is, what they're paying, and how well does it meet their specific medical needs. We also look to make sure people have the right doctors and they have the right care set up. We also look to see if they're using experts in a thoughtful way. So people often think, well, I have good insurance. I have a concierge doctor. I'm all set. I have an insurance broker and so forth. And, you know, I believe that often a health advisor can have a broader network for looking at referrals. They can go deeper into care and treatment that concierge doctors do. They can coordinate all aspects of care helping between appointments and things like that and finding specialty programs. And they can also help with insurance to make sure that family offices have the right insurance, health insurance plans for them and for everyone else who works within their their office. And with these large family offices and ultra high net worth families, a lot of times 
you know, they have a number of executives around them, right? And advisors and trusted individuals whom they rely on to bring services to your, to their awareness, right? Because like you say, I know a number of families have healthcare concierge doctors and generally they go first to that doctor, right? And then that doctor provides referrals to whomever they feel is best at treating the symptoms that they've identified. But how do you talk to advisors and trusted individuals within those families to let them know that you exist and how your expertise and advisory is set apart from healthcare concierge? Yeah, so a health advisor often partners with other advisors on one's team. So a, a health advisor has a very distinct and different role than what a concierge doctor would do. A health advisor will do things such as uh, attend appointments with patients. They will coordinate care, make sure other aspects of care, ancillary aspects such as home care, physical therapy, um, other things, wellness, other things like that are addressed. And they're aligned with the rest of the medical care that's being delivered. So often a, a health advisor will work in conjunction with a concierge doctor, but go further and do more to expedite appointments for people, have a broader referral relationship and network, address issues such as long-term care, assisted living in nursing homes or substance use programs, all things that a good concierge doctor typically doesn't do because they're generally treating what's in front of them. And that's great for patients, but often having somebody connect the dots and coordinate all aspects of care is a better treatment model. And the work that we do with professionals on, on our team of our, of our clients, we often say to them, look for things such as a new diagnosis or someone just got diagnosed with cancer and they say to their wealth advisor, I'm looking for the best oncologist in Jacksonville. And they ask their primary care, the concierge, but we, we do very thorough and extensive second opinions on things like that. And um, people are frustrated with the healthcare system or having aging care needs. One of our clients called their family office and late at night and said on the voicemail, they want to donate hundreds of millions of dollars to, to a charitable organization. The wealth advisor thought something was strange. They might be having a change in mental status. They called us. And in fact, this particular patient had a, a urinary tract infection that we were able to identify and get treated. So working in conjunction with the team and filling in some of these gaps is the work that health advisors do in alignment with the rest of the team. I think that being an advocate, especially as it relates to healthcare, is so critical because you entrust a lot of times your life or the life and care of your closest loved ones. And it's stressful, right? It's one of the most painstaking, I think, situations to go through when there's you know, debilitating sickness and illness in the family, and then always feeling as if you're not quite understanding, right? Or you're not able to, to help. And I think everyone wants to just help. And having an individual sitting in, as you say, those doctor's appointments and translating, because it's hard to listen, to absorb, and to relay, even to the patient, because a lot of times the patient's going through so much in general, and that's, that's a heavy lift for loved ones to do and having someone of your caliber. Yeah. And we say to our, our patients when they're in treatment, 
often we'll join appointments virtually or in person. And we'll say to, to our client or patient, um, we'll take notes. We can ask questions. You don't have to remember everything. We'll address it all. And we want to be, you know, to quote from Hamilton, in the room when it happens, because then we can address everything that the doctor says. Even my own father goes to the doctor and I say, dad, how was it? He says, everything's fine. And then I read the recording, which we do. And there's seven or eight follow-up items, physical therapy, get a colonoscopy, get a nutrition consult, get a hearing uh, evaluation and so forth that need to be followed up on. So we're the ones that, that help do that. And that's, that's obviously a, that's a great bonus to, to the doctor, but also for the patient to rest assured that someone else who knows them, who has their care needs only in mind to help make sure that they're getting the right care. And in addition, while someone's in the hospital, where treatment is often very complicated, lots of different professionals coming in and out of the room, a home care nurse, a respiratory therapist, a doctor, a resident, we don't know who's who, we don't know what they're saying, we don't know discharge dates. We're the ones helping that and we're supporting the medical team. We're giving them valuable previous medical information. When I say we, I mean our, our nurse practitioners are doing that, our social workers are doing that. So we're providing what happened in the past, which is critical for the medical team. And we're also helping supporting next steps. We don't want to see a patient who gets on Thursday, you're not going to be discharged. And on Friday, they say you have to be discharged and you're going home and someone not to be set up. We slow that down. We go through every step of the process and we're there to help support our patients. And often, most of the very, very often at the time, Doctors and hospitals appreciate that because we're there to help them do their jobs and do it better. And it's also the responsibility of your team to stay on top of new and innovative advancements, right? And a lot of times I know through the conversations you and I have had over the years that there are a number of clients whom you've helped avoid invasive procedures and others. Give us a little bit of insight, if you can, of course, protecting privacy, but into those situations where you know, people were able to avoid a much more aggressive sort of treatment or care. One of our very first clients had a uh, condition called Charcot foot and his foot swelled up like the size of a, of a watermelon due to his um, diabetes, his A1C being out of control. Uh, the doctors that he was seeing were recommending a total and complete redoing of the foot or amputating. And he had two bad options and the, the redoing of the foot would have put him in a cast and laid him up for probably a year and pins and so forth. And the amputation would have been incredibly difficult and traumatic. Uh, we found a different doctor who recommended a very small procedure that just shaved the bone and said, let's try that for six months and see if it worked. And it did. And six months later, he got it shaved and he did fine and moved on from there. So we often think out of the box and look for different solutions. We had a client who was um, a younger individual who had migraines and had seen one neurologist after another who couldn't come up with what was happening, what was going on. We found a different solution. Once we ruled out anything happening neurologically, we actually sent him to a pain hospital where he was lived for several weeks and learned to understand what's happening with the pain and address the pain in a different way doing better with the pain, came home, got active, didn't have headaches. And recently the mother called me and said he's off to college, doing well, pain-free and living well. 
So, you know, often health advisors can have more tools than our toolbox. We have a client who the doctors wanted her to go to inpatient because of her safety. She was a risk of, of suicide. She had suffered from borderline personality disorder. And uh, she didn't want to go inpatient. And uh, we wanted her to come up with a solution that would work for her. So we brought a, um, a coach to the house who lived with her for, for months, who made sure she was safe and kept therapy with her. And that coach counselor worked with the rest of the team that we coordinated. And she did well. And eventually the coach left and she moved on. So often having more tools in our toolbox, which is what we do because we're just focused on care and treatment, uh, enable us to get more hands-on and custom solutions to treatment problems. And that's that's a real value add for, for individuals and uh, high net worth folks. So along that vein, when you have someone helping guide the process and thinking outside the box and creating and curating a customized plan that really suits the individual, the family, as well as, of course, the, the situation at hand, how do you guide those individuals who have access to the resources to choose and the ability to move forward? Do they choose a different insurance coverage? Is it just that they have access to somewhat unlimited resources um, and that they're able to get this type of, of care and support? It's a great question. It, it really depends on what's happening medically and what their insurance plan is. So there are times when we can recommend someone changing insurance plans and we can walk them through the process to do that. We'll come up with creative solutions to that. There are times when we'll use their current plan and make sure we get the most out of that. We had a client who went to a hospital, a hospital where his doctor's affiliated, made sense, got admitted, got a bill for $100,000 because the hospital wasn't in network with his insurance. The doctor was, but the hospital wasn't, excuse me. We then fought that claim and won. And he got a check for $100,000 back. So for us, it really depends on what's going on medically. And part of our work is when we first start with a new client, we look at what's happening medically. Are you addressing everything? Do you have the right doctors for you? Are you prepared for an emergency? Are you prepared for anything pandemic related? And do you have the right insurance for you? And that's where we're able to address it and put a plan together before something happens. Are there any additional steps that should be taken with regards to health insurance? Yeah, I think that um, family offices specifically should be looking to see, do they have the right coverage? Are they, they have more than they need? Uh, is that mm-hmm. happening? Do they, is everyone in their domain covered? Do they have a child who just turned 26 or an employee who's not covered? Uh, people have Medicare questions, which obviously we can help answer. And are they addressing all their medical needs? Uh, so I think those are the things that we have to look at. People have the adequate coverage and are people addressing everything that's happening medically now and potentially in the future. One of the questions that we get a lot, in fact, you have graciously come in and advised some of our clients around Medicare versus Medicaid, as well as the specifics as it relates to I guess, enrolling for Medicare. Could you provide insight into that as well for our listeners? Yeah, and we do that. We do that for our clients because it's, it's so difficult and it's, it's, there's real great confusion uh, around it and, and the rules change. So M- Medicare is for people who are 65 and older and certain young people who have disabilities. Medicaid is for people who are poor 
and can't afford insurance. Medicare has Part A, which is hospital insurance, Part B, which is medical insurance, which is doctor's visits and outpatient care and things like that. And Part D is for prescription drug, drug insurance. Individuals have a seven-month Medicare enrollment period that begins three months before one's 65th birthday and continues uh, and ends three months after. So three months before and three months after. And if, if people don't enroll, there's often penalties of 10% premiums for, for, for years to come if people don't enroll in, in Medicare in time. And people can still have other insurances, but it's important that people enroll in Medicare. And let me also say this, it's important to use a qualified expert to help enroll in Medicare. We don't do that, but there are experts who we connect our clients to, who, we, who are trusted advisors to us who can help them figure out the right Medicare plan for them so that they get, so that they get the right coverage. The other insurance type is uh, Obamacare. Obamacare is for people who aren't part of an employer and aren't part of the government. Um, and so it's for indiv- single individuals uh, to get health insurance. It's a government-sponsored plan, but it's through the insurance companies the challenge of Obamacare often is that often uh, top doctors, often experienced doctors uh, don't take Obamacare and uh, not all hospitals take Obamacare. So there are, there's not a lot of out of network options for somebody who has Obamacare. So um, we work really hard to make sure people have the right insurance and the right insurance for them. And I can explain about COBRA too, if you have an interest in that. Yes, that would be great. I think that's a lot of times the supplemental insurance people are offered in between jobs where you start a job and you don't get benefits for a six month period and many enroll in COBRA. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's lots of little tricks and rules around insurance. So it's really important to talk to somebody who understands these rules. If you miss a deadline, it's really a problem. We had someone call us with a problem. They were on COBRA and were offered their employer-based insurance and decline their insurance for the employer and stayed on COBRA. And that's, that's a no-no for COBRA. And what COBRA does is throws you off and didn't call the person. And that's, that sort of has a rule to them. So lots of rules to this, such as deadlines and things like that, that sort of are unknown. COBRA is an extension of an employer's based coverage. So when someone leaves a job, if they've, if they've worked enough hours the previous year, they would be eligible for COBRA. And COBRA can last anywhere between 18 and 36 months. It depends on which state the company is based out of. So COBRA can last anywhere between 18 and 36 months. Now, most people probably know that COBRA is more expensive. And it's more expensive because the employee pays the entire premium. So most companies pay 75% of the premium. And the employee pays 25%. With COBRA, employees have to pay 100%. So they would pay they say they would pay an additional 25% in this example, plus there's a little 2% additional for administrative fees. So that's why COBRA costs more because employers are paying the entire piece and they're paying a little bit extra for COBRA. Often when people come to us and say, should they do COBRA or something more creative? There often aren't, aren't creative solutions, but we're, we're always happy to talk through the different options people have 
make sure they have the right coverage for that. So you spoke of the enrollment period with regards to Medicare, and now you've enlightened us about a number of other insurance providers, Obamacare, Medicaid, COBRA, et cetera. Are there other deadlines? I know there are annual and recurring deadlines that people should be aware of. Yeah. So Obamacare, it's generally December, uh, all of December for enrollment. So that, that's an important deadline if people want to get on Obamacare. Employees of companies, as people probably know, they have enrollment and usually it's the end of the year, but sometimes it's, it's other times. So there's, there's enrollment periods there. For Medicare, people probably don't know, but Medicare October 15th to December 7th, people can make changes to their Medicare plan. Um, so there, there are deadlines for that and, and they can do that. And then COBRA, each employer's plan has a different guideline as to when they can get on, get on COBRA. And we know that COBRA lasts between 18 and 36 months, depending on the state where the company is, uh, is from. And are there any options if you miss these deadlines? It's really tricky. There's times when we would help our clients appeal so we could do that. There are times when we would advocate for them to switch from one to another. So if you miss COBRA, you might have to go on Obamacare. If you miss Medicare, you might need something as a gap. One of the foundations that we believe in is that our clients should be insured every single day of the year. And it can happen sometimes where someone's changing jobs or Medicare doesn't kick in yet. You have one week or four days or six weeks of a gap. And that's a concern. We want to make sure people are always insured as if something happens. It, it could be great financial. Well, as we wrap this up, I think um, if you can provide, I, I love one of the sayings and you always talk about you know, wealth and health and wealth is generally where people are, are putting their time and their efforts and creating and enhancing and protecting until a health crisis arrives. Yeah. And, and, you know, for us, you know, we had a, you know, I think if you're looking at your, your, your wealth, you should also be looking at your health. And there are experts out there to help do it in a thoughtful and, and uh, wholeness way. We had a client once come to us and say, I don't need insurance. You know, my name is the back of a bank. I can, you know, I, I have the money I need. I'm all set. And then called us a few weeks later and said, the hospital won't take the check. Why? We explained to her why. And then uh, got her the right insurance that, that she needed. So I think it's really important, critically important people to make sure they're addressing both their, their wealth and their health and insurance is, uh, is, is right up there in, in line with the, the looking at uh, the, these areas. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to educate all of us around you know, a healthcare advisor, um, your expertise, and then all things healthcare, insurance and added protections and, and care and consultancy. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. It's a pleasure to work with you and the team at the session. Thank you.